anybody. Resting her hand on the door handle, then carefully wrapping her fingers around it, she waited for her chance. As Hayden moved into the driver's seat and dug in his pockets for his keys, she took a deep breath, then shoved the door open, nearly falling out on the gravel-strewn pavement. Get in the car, Ruthie! Hayden's bark was deadly. She felt him grab for her and miss. Help! It was such a pitiful cry like a kitten needing milk. Straightening awkwardly to her feet, Ruthie slammed the car door just as Hayden reached for her again. Judging by his curses, she'd unintentionally jammed his fingers in the process. Maybe not so unintentionally. She had one goal now, to locate her apartment key among the dozen on the rings she held in her trembling hands. Stumbling toward her security door as she heard the car door open, she found the key at last and forced it in the lock. Come on! Come on! When the deadbolt turned, she fell through the entrance with a sob of relief, then turned to bolt the door behind her. But she was too late. He'd already wedged his leg in the doorway and was muscling his way inside. Her heart sank through the linoleum floor, and the taste of dread filled her mouth. Hayden was taller, wider, older, stronger, and meaner. So much meaner. Why hadn't she seen that? Tasted it in his kisses that first night, discovered it in his eyes that first morning. His hatred for her was a living thing, rolling off him in waves. Don't you understand? His chest was heaving, but not from the effort, from the anger. That Pontiac is mine. You're mine. This apartment is mine. Nothing you do or say is going to change that, Ruthie. With one hand, he slammed the door with a noisy bang. With the other hand, he reached in his jacket and pulled out a gun. Her heart thudded to a stop at the sight of it. His cold smile told her all she needed to know. Upstairs. He waved the ugly black revolver at the staircase that led to her second-floor apartment. Her apartment. Hers. She'd scrimped and saved to have her own place. For what? So this... This... It was no use. She started up the steps, doing her best not to trip, not to cry, not to let him see that he was tearing apart everything that made her Ruthie, Step by awful step. Define bad. Few of us made it our ambition in life to be a bad girl. Ruthie wasn't bad. She was abused. But after several years of making bad choices, dating Hayden among them, she'd given up on ever being good. Some of us stumbled through a rebellious youth or wandered into an addictive habit or walked down the aisle with the wrong guy for all the wrong reasons. Perhaps our sense of self was so skewed we decided we weren't worthy of goodness or figured we'd gone too far to ever find the road home or concluded we enjoyed our favorite vice so much we weren't about to give it up, no way, no how. There are some women who even wear badness like a badge of courage. As Tallulah Bankhead put it, if I had to live my life over again, I'd make the same mistakes, only sooner. What labels a woman as bad hasn't changed since Eve. All the usual suspects are there. Disobedience, lust, denial, greed, anger, lying, adultery, laziness, cruelty, selfishness, idolatry.
Badness, in other words, sin, doesn't have to be that dramatic. It can be something on the sidelines, an unkind word, a whisper of gossip, a neglected request, an unrepentant attitude, an intentionally forgotten event. Ouch. It all boils down to a heart that's hardened against God, however temporary the condition, however isolated the tough spot. To that extent, we've all been bad girls. And to a woman, we long to be good girls. I have trouble learning, though, from women who get it all right. I spend my energy comparing, falling short, and asking myself, how do they do that? It's discouraging, even maddening. It also doesn't get me one step closer to God. So for a season, I thought we'd look at women who got a lot wrong. I must admit I went into these stories with a bit of pride between my teeth and soon found my jaw hanging slack.